Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of Turnover the Tape. As always, I'm one of your co-hosts. My name is Keegan, and my other and the other co-host on this fantastic podcast is Matt. Matt, how are you this Monday evening? Not too bad, although I do feel like the inferior expansion team at the moment. <laughs> yeah, we're going to hit on that for sure. We're going to hit on that GWS practice match, uh, all the ins and outs of it, how serious we need to take it, all that sort of stuff. Um, and we also might even touch on a bit of a, a bit of a fantasy slant right at the end uh, for this podcast because it's a bit of a lighter podcast as we sort of don't have a game this upcoming weekend. Sort of next week is the big will be the big one where we sort of really start drilling into the team and um, heading into that Sydney game. But before we get away, make sure to like, share, subscribe, rate all that stuff for the podcast. It's much appreciated. If you want to get in touch with the podcast, uh, at turnover the tape on. Face uh, on Twitter, uh, turnoverthetape at gmail.com. Yet to get an email, bit disappointed. If someone wants to send me an email to give me a, so that I've got to read during my busy work day, that would be- uh, and also turn over the tape on Facebook sometimes. Uh, so, <laughs> with, that, with that out of the way and all that stuff, let's get into it straight away. Um, GWS practice match on the weekend on Saturday afternoon. Uh, it was 122 GWS 77 to Gold Coast. Game, he does it again. Yeah, I mean, a year is a long layoff, but I was very happy to see him, you know, even if he got put on ice later in the day, I was very happy to see him get through relatively unscathed. Yeah, one thing I did notice, uh, especially in that first half that he played, he moved very well. Um, mm. He didn't look like he lost, because he usually was quite good below his feet and he had quite a quite a good like turn on him and quite a quite a bit of pace behind him. And, yeah, he did a really good job of that. And, yeah, it, he kicked a goal, um, which was good. It was good to see him sort of lead up, take a mark, kick a goal, hopefully a few more of those in the, in the coming weeks. But, yeah, he got through uninjured, unscathed, and I think that's um, that's a big tick right there. Um, for me, the one thing I sort of took out of it was sort of – there was a couple, but we'll hit on my probably my favourite one out of it was Matt Rowell was actually looking back to close to his to his best. Mm. Um, last year we sort of lauded him because he was very much the selfless player. He laid a lot of tackles. He um he did a lot of basically all the inside grunt work. He didn't really have too much outside to his game. But this the one thing I the other takeaway from this game on more of a negative is our midfield really does not function without the likes of you know Miller and Ellis sort of running around doing a lot of the hard work. Yeah. We were soundly beaten by GWS, and I don't have GWS in my mind making the top eight. They might be revitalised un- under, uh, is it Adam Kingsley, potentially? I-, I don't know. As the season shakes out, it'll become more clear, but it didn't exactly inspire me. If we have a run of injuries, like we've had injuries in the past, but never truly a, a colossal set of injuries in the midfield, yeah, um, that could absolutely wipe us. And so I have this horrible feeling that, you know, we make finals if we have no major midfield injuries, but we don't if we do. Yeah. That sort of brings me back to the point sort of right at the top. Um, I wish I could do it my best Kent Brockman impersonation. Is it time to panic? Uh, oh, oh, yes, I do, Kent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's one of those things, like, I think you've got to look at where the two teams are. Um, and, Drew, firstly, Drew made a very good point. Whether it was a bit more contrived or whether it was a legitimate point, I'm not sure. Only he would know. But you think about how where, in previous years, you think about teams we've played in, in preseason, we won. Remember that we, I think it was, 
was it last year or the year before we played Port Adelaide in like one of the preseason games. We smoked them. We played Geelong the week after we smoked them. And then we went into the season and won six games. Yeah. But I think, I think in the point Drew was making is he's not preparing, he's not preparing a team to win that practice game, preparing a team to win round one. Now, again, how much of that is sort of, I need to come up with an excuse here or how much of it is legitimate sort of insight who knows, but I can sort of understand that and sort of the actions that you made throughout the day sort of speak to that um, thinking of like him mentioning that in the first half, they only used 22 players where GWS had 25 players being used. So they were rotating a bit more. You could see that the GWS players were running a lot harder as well. I don't think that that's, I think, like, I think our guys have another gear to go. Not yeah, saying the GWS sure. guys don't have another gear to go, but it was very obvious that the Suns players weren't going in hard, especially because I think if you look at the Suns team, the 22 almost picks itself. And I think those players probably feel they're quite safe. Yeah. Yes. And, and and using only 22 players to start and probably speaks to that. And then you think of the likes of maybe Fiorini or a Sexton or an, um, a Bodie Yuland or a, a Cheetah sort of came in in the last quarter or halfway through the, the third quarter. And that meant that, all right, we've we've got enough running. Some of these players, we'll put them in the rack. So like start like the likes of Rowan and Anderson were, I think they were in cotton wool by the end of the third quarter. Yeah, so, it, it really felt like that. Drew going into the game was like, okay, let's try and get a half into Kingy. Let's see how the forward line connects with the midfield, and let's just see what yeah. our second string midfielders can do. And you know, yeah, that, it, that's is, it is what it is. Mission accomplished, really. If that's the the target yeah. out, at the outset, yeah. Um, the problem is, I think, to me as a supporter, it exposed that our second string midfield is is VFL standard. So we will struggle to win games if we have, you know, if Miller gets injured. Uh, I think that has a huge impact on oh, our look, uh, capacity to win games. I think I agree. I think that. The thing is, I think if Miller gets injured, I don't think our, our, our midfield goes to automatically to straight VFL. Like, I think of if you think yeah, our third agreed. string midfield is Raul, Anderson, and Miller, which it seems to be, our second string midfield is what? Flanders, Swallow, Davies. Swallow is a pretty accomplished player. Flanders looks like he's a lot better. Davies is getting better. He's probably the one that you would maybe single out as maybe a little bit of a. A weakness, but I thought he showed he showed decent amounts on the weekend. I don't know if he plays round one, um, but who knows? But yeah, sort of circling right back to your point you made at the start about Ellison Miller, they play such a pivotal role. They're two of the best runners in the team. I think, I think with a time trial or whatever, or the they're they're like in the top three. Yeah. They do a lot of defensive running. They do a lot of that hard running back. And that's not to say other players don't do that, but they do it better than a lot. So you think like. With Ellis especially, he's very unsung in the way he sort of he drifts back and he sort of takes marks in defence and then sort of sets it up from there. I have a sneaking suspicion that him and Darcy McPherson are seen as quite interchangeable. So I think that if... With with Ellis being preferred, obviously. Yes, yeah, no, 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 with Ellis being preferred. So if Ellis is fit, I would say in round one, I think Darcy McPherson doesn't play. Yeah. That's how I see it anyway, because I think that wingman or that midfielder that can play in defence is what Ellis can do. And then you've got Tuke Miller, who's defensive running for for an elite midfielder is probably one of the best, if not the best in the league. So, yeah, 
Yeah. I can understand. I can understand what you mean, though. That if Miller does go down, I do worry about how defensively sound our midfield is. Um, and then you have to. You would almost have to then put a defensive midfielder in, which then hurts us going forward. Where Miller is an absolute freak, you can do both really well. Yeah, exactly right. And so I have this horrible feeling that um, we make the eight if the midfield stays healthy, yeah. and we don't if they don't. So yeah, that's where it hinges. For yeah. Mine. I- I think that, yeah, I think while we've got good depth, I don't think we've got elite depth. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think that, like, if, for instance, if a Flanders, just as an example, gets injured, I think Fiorini can do and come in and do a similar job as Flanders. Yeah. If Miller gets injured, I don't think we have a like-for-like replacement for Miller. But that's no. fair enough. A lot of play, a lot of teams would be in that position as well where if their best player goes down, they're in a lot of trouble. But... Um, but I digress. Um, so how much do we, so speaking of that sort of defensive sort of frailty, do you think it's something we knew and go back to my uh, original quote, is it time to panic? Do we need to panic about this or is it just a practice game and we just sort of write it off as our players were fit? Uh, we just need to get some fitness into players and that's it. Yeah, I, I'm not buying at all into the the worry about a loss in the preseason. Yeah. But I'm keeping an eye on our yeah. health. Yeah, no, agreed. Um, did you? I only say that because there were a few people in our um in our son's uh, group chat that maybe felt slightly different about the way it was looking. Yeah, but I, I think the way that our chat works is that any opportunity to get a get negative press out there in, in a humorous <laughs> way to earn likes is a um yes, is a no. good, sound strategy for entertainment. So no, um, no, there, that's fair. That is fair. Um, <laughs> I mean, I do it all the time. Yeah. So you saw you saw a bit. You saw a half of the game. Um, yeah. You saw the second half of the game. So from what you saw, the bits you saw, what did you think of our forward line of? Remember, this is the tr- we're starting to sort of trial this taller forward line with, uh, with Casbold and King and well, you wouldn't have seen King play, but yeah, Casbold, King, Chol, Koshis, Jeffrey. What are your what are your thoughts of what you saw anyway? It still felt like the connection going forward is just not quite there. Yep, but I I think I can see it improving, and naturally, if you're going to shove King into the mix you're going to be changing where people naturally start and it puts yep. people out. And so the connection might take a little bit of time. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I'm encouraged. I wasn't blown away, obviously, mm. but it, it didn't strike me as an area of, of concern. It, it looked like it's still naturally improving. It's still one of our areas of weakness going forward. I actually think our capacity to kick goals once we take a mark inside 50 feels as comfortable as it ever has. Yeah, I mean, I feel like gone are the days where you know someone takes a mark thirty meters out from goal, and you're flipping a coin to see whether they're going to put it through the sticks or not. I think we're a better than even chance of converting from a decent set shot, which is something I don't think I've ever yeah. said about the Suns. No, it's always there's always that look of like, oh god, this is just going to miss. Might as well get in your positions for the for the kick in now, guys. Yeah. Um, I think that's epitomized by someone like a Joel Jeffrey who. I don't. Mm. I can't. He his goal, his goal kicking actions is so relaxed, and he just sort of puts it on the boot, and it seems to always float through the middle. I think of all the forwards through the preseason games, and again, uh, grain of salt sort of stuff. But of all the preseason forwards I've seen, I think he's probably been our most impressive. And I think he 
if you were to pick on based purely on what he's done in game or what we've seen in the public, I think that he definitely should be starting in round one. Certainly an exciting proposition and would be absolutely in the mix. Yeah. I have, it's sort of, don't want to finish on a negative, but I feel like I'm going to bring this up anyway. And I brought it up last week. So uh, this, I don't want this to turn into a segment, um, but I wasn't impressed with Levi Casbolt. I think that he looked a little bit, he looked a little bit slow at times. He looked a bit sort of behind the eight, but whether again, he was cruising because Chol had the same problem as well. Chol was very much, he was very much jogging around. So whether they sort of just sort of saving themselves for round one, which can happen and which players are probably more than entitled to do. Um, But yeah, that was just something that I sort of noticed that I will be keeping, I'd probably be keeping an eye on heading into the early rounds. I don't expect Caswell to be there by the end of the year, but I probably expect him to at least start the couple of early games. Yeah, I mean, the jury's out for me until the first couple of rounds when there's actually something to play for. Yeah. The the little bit of Casbolt I did see, he was still crashing packs. I, he would just be a horrendous person to have on the opposition team. Yeah. Even if he's not impacting the scoreboard, he would just make you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And I think that intangible is worth something. Probably not as much as having Joel Jeffrey constantly popping up, kicking goals, but... yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. I think I'll have a better feel maybe by the end of round three. So, yeah. Casbolt thought that as well when he ran over Joel Jeffrey in one of the marking contests. <laughs> Poor old Joel Jeffrey uh, was going to take a mark, and then Casbolt basically ran straight through the back of him. So, probably a little bit of work to do to do with the cohesiveness and knowing where to move at the right times. Um, but that, that that is what it is. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. I think there's much more else we can really take from the game. Uh, Lockie Whitfield's back to his best if you're into super coach or fantasy. He looks absolutely yeah. like an absolute menace. And that's another good tangent, Matt. Um, mm. So sort of wrap up this week's episode, this week's shorter episode. We um, we actually, funnily enough, between those guys, we, were, we are, our group chat we were mentioning of, amongst others, we decided that we would do fantasy a fantasy AFL draft this, uh, this season. Just for a bit of fun. I don't know how much I'm going to keep on it especially because I am traditionally a super coach player. Um, but uh, we we selected teams. Um, I think we went on two very divergent uh, paths, Matt. Uh, I feel like yes. you were very pro-Suns and I was very anyone else but the Suns with my selections. Yeah, so how many Suns are on your team, Keegan? Uh, so, so just to let everyone know, we have a total of 12 people. We've gone for a very like a quick draft as opposed to you can draft up to think 18 or 20 players, whatever. We've gone very much a 12-player draft, and I have zero Suns players in my team. Whereas I have Took Miller and Noah Anderson, I know, sharing the same field, and I've got you know Patrick Cripps in there. I feel like I have a fairly solid midfield. Yeah. So do you want to run through your, your team really quickly, Matt, um, just sort of to share it out there? This might not be of interest, but I think we think it's quite a little bit... Uh, it's always fun just I- to sort of do the draft bit. I don't know how much... Again, the other after effects maybe not as interesting, but the drafting was fun. The drafting was fun. I, I had a lot, of, a lot of fun doing it. But uh, I've got Adam Saad and Nick Loston in defence. I've got Took Miller, Cripps, and Anderson in the midfield. I've got Riley O'Brien as my ruck. I have the two key Geelong Cats as my forwards. I've got Jeremy Cameron and, and Hawkins. I've got Caleb Sarong, Nan Kervis, uh, Shannon Hearn, and Sam Palpepper on the bench. So I'm I'm feeling pretty good about it, although I'm, I'm definitely a glass cannon if... Geelong have a bad week, or if the Suns have a bad week, I'm having a bad week. All right. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, so a bit of a glass cannon. Uh, all right, I've gone Sicily, Redmond, uh, McRae, yes. Simpkin, and Newcomer with my midfield. I've got English, Taranto, and Green. So English is my ruck, and I've got the Taranto and Toby Green are my two forwards. And then on my bench, I've got Gresham, Chad Warner, uh, Ridley, and Oscar McInerney. Um, I've got I've got uh, two. I'm surprised I got two Hawthorne players in there, considering I did tip them for the spoon earlier. Um, <laughs> I've also got two Dogs players in there, and I've got two Essendon players in there as well. So I'm very, uh, very, very Melbourne centric with this um, with this team. I feel like someone like Jai Newcomb is going to have a good year, kind of regardless of how Hawthorne go, to be fair. Yeah. So the reason I've gone Jai Newcomb is basically he's the only senior midfielder in that team now. So a lot of it's going to go... My figuring is a lot of it's going to go through him. So he's going to get a lot of touches of the ball. Um, but out there, good. This is this is a call and, call and answer or call and, call and act. Let us know out of those ways I mentioned, Twitter, Facebook, sometimes email, who's got the better team? Matt or myself, I want I want validation. <laughs> I crave validation of who has the better team. Yeah, even though I have two Suns players, I'm not even sure I'm going to get the nod if people send it. <laughs> anyway, no, a bit of fun, but yeah, who has the better team? Let us know. Um, and yeah, we might we might stick a fork in it there for this week. With next week being the big podcast as we head into round one. Um, and yeah, Matt, thank you for joining me this week. Yeah, no problem. And thank you for listening out there to this episode of Turnover the Tape. Uh, We will catch you next week. Bye-bye.